Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 21 of Tactical Crouch, where uh, everything is broken today. <laughs> everything everything is just broken. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's Dream's fault. Is is you know he's 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 hopping the pond doing stuff for uh it's it's like a a betrayal basically it's when you go from British Hurricane now you're over there you're gonna be in Montreal and uh, congrats by the way on the promotion that's a big thank deal you, thank you yeah, uh, I don't excited. have a like a sounder for a clap thing but um <laughs> you know yay uh, yeah please clap <laughs> so uh first of all dream. Uh, thanks for being here. I don't actually think we've ever spoken face to face, but we have spoken. Actually, this group of four, we've probably spent countless hours talking about competitive Overwatch, uncompetitive Overwatch, <laughs> other Tribalism. things that we, we that we can't say. Yeah, uh, yeah, bugs in the human code. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, it feels good. It feels right. It feels like we're right at home. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Hope you have a good time today. We're going to really quick do a couple pieces of housekeeping. Um, first and foremost, uh, Overwatch League Daily will not be returning for season two. Um, so I've changed all everything over to Tactical Crouch. Um, all in the same feeds, but now you can find everything from Tactical Crouch. And we're on Twitter now at Tactical underscore Crouch. I know the thing down below doesn't say that. I forgot to change it. Get off my back, okay? Things are busy, but that's not going to come back. It takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. I didn't see my wife for like five months, so uh, we're like, we're just not going to do that again. So not doing that again, but Tactical Crouch will go on, and it'll be a good time anyway. So sound good? Cool. Uh, make sure to follow, like, subscribe. Take a couple minutes. Go leave a five-star review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And again, new Twitter tag tactical underscore crouch i will say that wrong at least once or twice today probably so uh do that other than that let's uh let's talk about overwatch there's uh we, we've been getting teasers for baptiste right is that how you say how do you is how baptiste baptiste yes, yes. i'm pretty so sure it's, baptiste it's, is right yeah, yeah. 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 So we've got a new hero that finally got, we got the reveal trailer thing yesterday. Pretty dope. And at the time, all we knew is that he's a combat medic. He defected from Talon. Something about bandage or bullet. And then we didn't really have any competitive implications outside of that until just a couple hours ago. Patch is live. He's on the PTR. And uh, Joe and Dream won't shut up about it. Like, it's 50% why we're late is because they, like, wouldn't stay quiet enough for us to be able to, like, get anything done. And 50% because nothing worked. So, yeah. Anyways, let's, uh, Dream, I want to hear first, like, your overall thoughts on Baptiste so far. Now that you've been able to play with him on the PTR, I know some of your Montreal boys are uh, testing the heck out of him as well. Uh, what are your big overarching thoughts before we jump in too far? Sure. Sure. So, uh, super interesting from a design perspective, some really cool mechanics, um, the amplification on both healing and damage from his ult is really cool. Um, the amount of damage he can put out 
uh, I think will really reward the the superstar, like mechanically proficient flex supports that we know and love. The Jonax, the Violets, allow them to pop off even more, which is really cool. Um, the jump mechanic will allow them to get into cool positions and and you know play from smart angles. I think, in my mind, uh, design wise, he's as interesting and interactive as any hero in Overwatch, and I think he's the best. A uh, new hero added to Overwatch since Anna. I am a big fan. So Anna was was Anna the first yes new hero. Yep. Remember when yes. it took competitive Overwatch like five months before we integrated Anna? Five months yeah. and a clip size buff before. Yeah, we she, was, like, hmm. she was she was kind of bad at first, and then sure. they like. She wasn't that bad. She was only like kind of bad, and everyone thought she was really bad. Yes. So they buffed her a ton, and then mm -hmm. everyone was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it doesn't seem that that's going to be the case with Baptiste. I, he's not looking undertuned as of right now, so I don't think he'll go through the same cycle. <laughs> yeah, he looks really. He's sounding. I can't say he looks because I honestly, since the PTR dropped, we I've just been getting the show ready, and then to have everything yep. break. Did you guys know that the show didn't work? This morning because now you do uh <laughs> let's talk about these abilities really quick so biotic launcher three round burst biotic launcher rewards accuracy and recoil control with significant damage output it do also doubles as a healing device lobbing projectiles that heal allies near the point of impact uh so how does this like how would you compare this uh dream or or joe how would you like compare this to other abilities in the game like is this fast i've heard people like compare him to soldier 76 but this looks more like a it's it's a projectile right so it, it's not you know soldiers hit scan yeah the nade arc so uh obviously the the primary fire is this three round burst it feels very similar to other three round burst mechanics in other games so if like you're familiar with the, the, like a like a yes. battle rifle from halo or a hemlock or um a famas from like call of duty very very similar recoil plays very much the same way um mm. the nades i think are a little bit less uh arky if that makes sense than like Junkrat, but still still feels very much like Junkrat. um deceptively easy i would say something that i think is really going to impact the community and and bring a lot of people back that have been kind of like wishy-washy on overwatch i think this is going to be something that is going to be cool to see at the highest level but also something that uh you know you can go into comp games and and just kind of do well with and and you know have fun with so yeah he he feels similar to other heroes he he fills kind of a, a niche that only i think really has been filled by Zenyatta up until this point. This, this support damage hybrid that uh, hasn't seen much contention. Um, and now I think uh, Zen's got some. Zen either has a buddy, or he's you know might be might be struggling for playtime. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. So he's got the two fires on his his gun. The left click is the burst, which is nuts damage and then the right click is the projectile healing grenades which is like in between a hanzo arrow and a junk rat bomb it feels mm, like heavy yeah. like it falls quickly like a junk rat bomb not as floaty but it moves fast like a hanzo arrow so it's like kind of in between mm. um but i i do agree i think that there's a potential that he would pair well with zen on like defenses where you used mm. to see on a zen and stuff like that just because the combination of not letting anyone die and then having transcendence to to heal everyone up is really good because if you break the drone, uh, that invulnerability still lingers for for like 
quarter of a second, third of a second or yeah. so to give time for the trance to get you back up to like two thirds HP or something like that. So there's a potential for some strong synergy there. Obviously, it's a little early to tell, but uh, his gun definitely is going to put out a ton of damage. <laughs> so we've also got a regenerative burst, which is like an AOE healing over time. So uh, th and that's around him. So that's kind of kind of Lucio E. I th that's what I thought. But it's actually just one burst. It applies the healing over time mechanic, and then that's it. Like it uh, does. It's not a persistent aura. It just kind of. That's exactly how I thought. That's exactly mm. what I was thinking too. So it's just like it's like form. inspire. Yeah. So you sure. you proc it, and if the person's in your LOS when you press the button, even if they leave, if they go through a Symmetra teleporter, if they go around the corner, they keep healing over five seconds. Yeah. So basically, Whereas, applies a buff. It applies a heal over time buff. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Just huge because you don't have to remain around him. It's an you AOE just... dot like druid healers and well. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yes. Exactly. yes. How, how much players. is it? Is It's like 150, right? It's 150 like? over five seconds. Yeah. Okay. 150. Just still nice. That's... And you don't have to be around him. I mean, so how, but what, it's what his soldier, only self-heal. It's his only self-heal. That's what's so big. He doesn't mm. have a lot of defensive options. So positioning is going to be super important. Got and it. that crouch, though. That crouch, though. So the only it, hero where technical crouching is important. Yes. <laughs> they just wanted to make I, it be like, we need to give people a reason to crouch so Twitter doesn't let, go nuts. Yeah. Let, to be fair, be honest, I, I didn't create that. I'm not that clever. The, the fact that this hero launched with a technical crouch ability lets me go through like the lists and go like, oh, deflated ball at 69. Hey, Jeff, what up? <laughs> <laughs> you watching this, mate? Which one yeah. are you? Right. Uh, immortality field. Baptiste uses a device to create a field that prevents allies from dying. The generator can be destroyed. Uh, Dream, tell me more about this. Is this like a, is it like a dome? Like can it, it's so when you're in the field, you can't die, but they just shoot the, the thing and then you can die. Yes, yes. So it flies up in the air. It creates a field you can see on the map. It's like a big cylinder. Um, that actually has a lot of vertical element to so it's it. Not like it's not a just dome, a small really? area. It's like no, a... it's not a. It's a big old cylinder. It goes really high up, um, so you can do it while you're on the high ground and protect the people on the low ground beneath you, right? Um, so that's really good. But it keeps you at twenty percent HP, um, and it's got a little indicator on your health bar or on enemies' health bars to show how low they can get, where it'll keep it. So it's obviously tanks retain more of their HP uh, because they have a higher health pool. But you break, you have to break the. Uh, the drone to be able to kill people like i mentioned it lingers a little bit um but i think it's going to be really good for like fighting in chokes or standing in fighting if people run on to you um so i think this hero is going to be a lot about holding high ground and, and kind of standing and fighting uh with the wall and the the uh for his ultimate and then the invulnerability field he's just going to be able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with people which is super dope honestly. is is the immortality <laughs> field los so like if you are like let's say on like a, a, a two-tiered structure i'm mm -hmm. uh, thinking like you know like a bridge or someone on uh, gibraltar if someone's on top of the bridge and you're underneath it do you still get access to the immortality i don't believe so um i didn't test it vertically but i know horizontally any walls will break the los and you won't get the effect but like a rhine shield or a winston bubble won't break the los the only thing that matters is map geometry Cool. 
Amplify. What about? Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. J just a quick question. If Dream knows, like the the height of the drone, where does it hover? Is it like hovering over the Reinhardt shield? Like if you're in a very plain yeah, like how high. battle situation, can you shoot over the Rhine shield and get it? Or I don't believe it's over the Rhine shield. I think it's about at Rhine's head level. So it's going to be above Baptiste's head. So like he can't body block for it himself. Um, but it, it doesn't just like fly way above everything. So it's easy to shoot. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. Mm. Got it. Let's talk about this amplification matrix. So. We haven't seen, I believe, uh, a, a matrix added since Diva's defense matrix, which, you know, is very much touted as one of the most powerful non-ultimate abilities, maybe even among ultimate abilities in the game overall. Baptiste creates a matrix that doubles the damage and healing effects of friendly projectiles that pass through it. How, so how big is this, is this matrix? Um, it's, it's not that big. Yeah, it's um, not big. It's, like it's like, a, it's like a wall. Uh, it's like a little wall you put down. It works just like putting May wall or Symmetra wall where you can put it vertically or horizontally, right? But um, so if you guys have looked at or played the new Paris map at all, uh, that very first choke that you have to make it through um, on the first point, it is slightly smaller than that. And that's not a very big choke. Um, so it's it's not super big. Um, it doesn't take up a ton of space. The the placement is going to be really important uh, because, yeah, it's it's not really big. It doesn't persist for a super long time. You have to place it in a, in a way where multiple people are going to be able to play around it. Yeah, smaller than Rhineshield for sure, for sure. And then uh, Exoboots. I know, uh, Joe, you were excited about this one. So my first crouching tactically of course uh baptiste mm. can jump higher way. it's true yeah he just jumps like how like double um yeah actually i think it's like i'd say it's like 1.5 times like it's, a, it's like a, the height of like a ferris shift yeah it's very it's huge when and you fully loaded. charge it you go very high yeah but it also will like you can charge it and hold it for like it's got like a charge a second an eighth of a second, yeah. Like it, I don't. It might be a second. It doesn't feel exactly a second, but like it will linger after you stop crouching and then you jump and you, you go. Yeah, so high, you can crouch, cool. stop crouching, and walk walk for a yep. second to get a little horizontal momentum, then jump. So it's it's really cool. It's an think, interesting mechanic. I like it. Think of all the little walls that you can like. I'm thinking of like Eichenwald A on like the retake, right? So you're running back as Baptiste. You like hop up and then you get on like the little high ground, like on the opposite side of the point. You hop up again. You start like lobbing nades to like kill yeah. your teammate on like staggers. Like it's cool to see somebody that has. We have a lot of heroes that have great horizontal mobility. Think of like Tracer. Think of you know, you name them, right? there's not a lot of heroes that are dedicated to strictly vertical and he's one of them. And it, it's interesting to see exactly what will happen with this kit, how many kind of cool plays you'll see like a, a player like Harry hook make on, on like the retake of, of a certain point as he boops up and, you know, gets a, gets a kill on the, the contest. So we'll see. It, it, it is really interesting. I think he's a game changer. Um, hopefully, hopefully I'm still kind of scared about the little totem, but we'll see. Yeah, particularly in supports. Not a lot of supports have yeah. the kind of mobility that he has. So, like Anna and Zen, you're like, oh, I'm kind of yeah. just stuck wherever I'm at. But Baptiste right. will go wherever he needs to be. Honestly, and even even yeah. Mercy is dependent on your team for her mobility, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, this this is pretty independently mobile, which is kind of nice. Mm -hmm. um, do we have like who? I mean, do we have anyone that's independently mobile as a support? 
No, Lucio's the only Lucio. one. Lucio, he, yeah. He, because of his auras, is like, he wants right, to stay right, with right. his team. This guy's right. going to want to be on high ground a lot. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a it, it, very interesting, unique hero. I'm super excited. I know the players on my team are super excited. People are fighting over who's going to be able to yeah, play him. Who's, who's uh, playing so, Baptiste? Yeah, it, Who wants yeah, to be in Baptiste jail, you know? Yeah, exactly. So it's it's a really exciting addition as of right now. People are super pumped about the hero. And I want to touch on that. I want to touch on the, the 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 kind of fervor that we get. You know, we see Baptiste being, you know, tweeted worldwide, you know, 50k tweets. The excitement about adding a new hero to this game is so vitally important that I think Blizzard needs to reevaluate how often they add heroes. Like, no matter what you think about the game at this moment, right? We've all just ignored how boring Goats is in quotations. I don't hate it, whatever. You know, how, how dull the game is. I haven't played the game in years, and I'm going to get on and try Baptiste. It brings people back. Three a year is fresh. enough. Yeah. Give me five. Five a year, I think, will be good. You start to see people really enjoy coming back to Overwatch. Yeah. yeah. Well, then with I mean, that level of, like... It means at the end of this year, right, we're at what we'd be at like uh, 35 characters next year, 40. Like that type of um, selection also makes it really fun and dynamic, hopefully, mm-hmm. too. Whereas right now, even even in gold, I had someone tell me the other day. So I, I have a alt account that I play in gold with my wife and someone's like, let's go goats. <laughs> and I just mm. laughed at it. <laughs> I just, I took off my push to talk and I laughed for a good 20 seconds. That's, that's good though, because it means that the competitive environment is bleeding over. Well, and I like that. That's good. One like, thing we're that totally I will gonna say, be able though, to coordinate goats, dude. Yep. We're in gold <laughs> right now, the, man. The, the thing about the hero releases is uh, I, I want the hero releases to be quality. So sure. Not, yes. not trying to hate, yeah. but like, Arissa has not been a particularly great addition no, to the game. Hasn't added added a ton of variants and strategies. Isn't a super interactive hero. Isn't super fun to play as or play against. I I don't want extra Arissas. No, I want definitely. more Anas and Sombras and and wrecking balls and Baptistes. I like think they're. That's interesting. I think they're getting it finally. Yeah. I think they they're understanding. Okay, what what do people like? What do we like designing? How does that meet? Nobody really wants to play very stationary things. You know, look at the the community's, you know, perception on goats. We don't like resource trading. We don't like slow moving. We want to take duels. We want to move around. We want things that are deceptively hard, right? I want to dink things. And they're giving me that. I want to feel fun. I want to feel impactful. This has all of this checks all the boxes. If I get dove, do I have some sort of counterplay? Yes, I can jump up. I can reposition. You know, can I help my team? Yes, I can heal, but I can also deal damage. I can also like if I'm good, I can shoot the tracer and defend her. Like it's it's a incredibly well designed hero. Like hats mm-hmm. off to Blizzard. I I will critique you when I feel like you do bad, and I will give you all the kudos in the world when you do great. I think you've done great. Yeah. An- yeah. Another thing that will help with that, like hopefully breaking notes and making things a little more dynamic and interesting. It doesn't just have to be the hero releases. It can be mm-hmm. patch changes, yes. and they are definitely. On the PTR, they're rolling out a bunch of balance changes mm. as well. We'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, rebuffing Soldier to 20 damage per shot. That was a scary time in Overwatch. <laughs> um, bringing us back to that. 
Soldier is not very good right now, so maybe it won't be too much. But I'm all for throwing stuff at the wall and seeing yeah. what sticks right now. We need kind of a Wild West sort of feeling um, in Overwatch instead of everything being the exact same meta and everything so solved for six months at a time. That's that's not what the players want. That's not what the fans want. Let's let's mix things up and, and go for big changes. And Blizzard is giving us that at the same time as this hero. So mm-hmm. I definitely think they're 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 changing philosophy a little bit and i'm happy about that let's talk about some of these patch patch uh, yes guy go ahead dude you've been trying to get yeah, in dude, been, you just gotta yeah. go for it this is Forever, your 21st yeah. episode come yeah. on no but um the the thing is with this kid is like if you think about the amount of abilities this hero has it's like so you have a left click you have a right click you have two abilities and you have the jump thing so f- if you look at Hanzo, right? His his jump is on a cooldown as well, and counts as like a cooldown because you have the uh, visual representation, and everything. This guy has like ten million things to do, and then now com- compare that to I don't know what's what's a very simple hero like for instance Mercy, right? Like yep. that's three buttons or, that you regularly need to press other than your movement abilities. That's like it's way more complex and. I always felt like we, like you, for instance, wrote an article about the, the entire thing, like EX abilities and just having more options from an ability point of view. Uh, it feels like he just has more things mm-hmm. to do now as as a character this, as a whole. Yeah, this feels like the um, the thresh of this game, where after several heroes come out in League of Legends, there's a mm-hmm. little bit of stuff going on. Then they just release one hero with a crazy loaded kit that's super versatile that that is a playmaker um and i expect to see similar levels of like players just popping off and making a name for themselves making big plays on this hero i think this is a having overloaded kits can be a bad thing but i I think because this is a a strong kit without cc i'm happy with it i'm okay with it yes in an fps mobile like game that is overwatch you don't need people just not being able to play a game. You don't need weird XQC clips where he's being hooked, stunned, slowed, slept, antenated, stunned again, and then dies. Like you literally didn't get to play the game for 12 seconds. Like you don't need that. Sounds like my WoW Arena days. Yes, very much so. Like CC, they don't have trinket, kill, we win. You know, hey, that's you know not what? What we want. Death is the best CC, and Bepi's gonna is. kill you, bro. That's true. That's Death true. is the best CC. That's gonna be the title of the episode. <laughs> there we go wrote it down let's talk about a couple of these highlighted patch notes that i see you guys highlighted out here big changes coming to armor beam type damage is now reduced by 20 percent when hitting armor damage over time effects are no longer mitigated by armor what are those impacts dream um that i, I don't know who highlighted who highlighted this all right Me. never mind joe why'd you highlight this um, I think this definitely it's a subtle nerf to goats, I think. Um, think about what heroes are played in goats, right? A lot of armor, a lot of, you know, Diva, Ryan, Brig gives you armor, right? When when you're kind of when most of your damage is either coming from your Zen, Reinhardt does a, a deceptive amount of damage as well, but you know, it's usually your Zen, if I'm understanding this correctly, your Zen and your Zarya, right? So with Zarya dealing 20% less damage, cons- that's, that's a considerable amount into like the Goat's Mirror. Um, 
could see some changes there. Do I think Arisa's, uh, not Arisa, but Symmetra sees a ton of playtime? No. Is she going to now? I don't know. I don't think so. I think this definitely <laughs> no. just gimps her don't completely. Don't even try to get people's hopes up. It's it, 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 She has some weird interactions where she can like charge up her, her left click really well, like on shields and can farm divas, but why bother? I don't know. Like this um is interesting i i didn't see this coming at all and i'm kind of scared for the future if they ever want to add like a beam hero again and yeah i don't know exactly how to feel about it just yet it it, it seems like kind of an overtune, but maybe dream can correct me sorry is they're just gonna charge grab way slower um in the goat's mirror for sure mm. uh and as well playing against like even if you're playing against an enemy dive comp or um, an enemy poke comp that's usually still going to include a winston or a diva and it just means zarya is going to do less damage to the winston and to the diva um and charge charge grab slower so to me that's the biggest change um it's an interesting change because in my mind, I felt like they needed to nerf Zarya's damage, but I wish they would have just directly nerfed her damage because mm -hmm. I still feel like the monkey goats is going to be able to deal with a lot of DPS comps very effectively uh, because she's still just going to kill your backline. Um, and her right click isn't affected, which is obviously a big source. So the Zarya's that are good at landing like splash damage right clicks um, will still be able to build up quickly, but certainly... Uh, there are some teams that have just started doing this that are picking up on this where they'll win a fight in goats. Uh, they'll kill the Rhine, kill the Brig, and then like leave the Diva for the Zarya to like farm for ult charge and stuff like that will take longer, um, etc. So yeah, it, it just nerfs Zarya's damage a little bit. Um, as far as the damage over time effects not being mitigated by armor, I think the biggest benefit there is Ash's Dynamite. Dynamite does an insane amount of damage to tanks now. Um, so Ash may be a little bit more of the tank killer than uh, than she was in the past. I think, you know, weirdly enough, I think Ash pairs pretty well with Baptiste. You know, they both have yeah. pretty good mobility. She wants to play high ground. Where does Baptiste want to play the high ground? So you can pop up, give your give your Ash the, the matrix, the, the damage ant matrix and let her go to town, throw in, you know, Bob, I don't think Bob threw it just increases his damage amp or whatever. You throw Bob, you throw dynamite, you shoot through it. Like that's a ton of pressure from from a, you know a, a high vantage point that's going to shred people. Like you said, you know, yeah. you pop Diva out of Matrix and you just let your ash farm. So yeah. I think I think that there's somebody is misinterpreting um, the beam type damage. So it's my understanding that before the beam type damage or for armor was like i can't remember the specific number but i believe it was i don't think it's reduced to 30 by 20 percent more than it already was right right it's mm -hmm. it's it's actually being reduced it's changed completely it's, yeah, it's yeah. reduced from like let's say it was at 35 percent. it's now at 20 percent. yeah yeah like, so like the an reduction actual before buff like this is a buff to beams no, no, no. This is definitely a nerf to beams. So the, the way it would work before was the beams, like it ticks damage several times a second, and each tick would be reduced by by armor the way any other instance of damage would be reduced. But what that meant was charged beams like Zarya, only a very small amount of the damage per tick was getting mitigated. It was like she didn't care about armor. She just melted through you anyways. So now 
it doesn't matter how charged your Zarya is, her damage is going to get gimped really hard by armor. This will definitely slow down her damage output. No question. No question. Okay. Just just clarifying okay. because there there is yeah a armor armor is a very weird mechanic. It, there's a lot of like exceptions and weird. It's not intuitive at all. So I, okay. I, I I'm still not even too. Sure. No. L- last question on this patch thing. Joe, cock the gun to your left. Do do like a gun. No no no. no. <laughs> to what stream? To to what stream? Other side. Come on. No, it's pointing at me. Okay. Yeah. Now it's pointing at me. Oh, ah, no, no, no. I am so sorry. Okay. Gun to your head, dream. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Is this patch a goat's killer? It's gonna depend on one thing. And that one thing is, does Baptiste just replace D.Va in GOATS and we just keep going GOATS? Um, Or is Baptiste plus a DPS on high ground enough to cleave through GOATS before they get to him? Can he just stand and fight with his his invuln? Those are my big questions because if I can now live through the enemy grav bomb combo with my invuln field and trance combo, uh, maybe I just play goats and skip the diva, play Baptiste, and and style on kids. It's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be hard to tell. Uh, the big thing as well that's gonna affect goats is the boop changes. When Blizzard put something in the patch notes that says we fixed all boops to make it more consistent, what goes off in my head is there are gonna be bugs. There will be bugs with that. <laughs> um, so we'll have to find out what those bugs are and how the wonky interactions are gonna work because until we know the nitty gritty of that, right now the goats meta is all about boops and displacement. So until we figure out what's going on with those boops and that displacement. It's really hard to tell, I think. All right. There's a, this isn't a, a patch podcast. It's really not. Yeah, so we're, it's, we're it's not going to go. It's a patch, so. And it's a big patch. There's some pretty interesting changes to Soldier 76, getting um, damage increase uh, per bullet from 19 to 20. Uh, there's uh, They reduced the delay um, for, for um, sprinting. I believe. Oh, it feels buttery smooth, like yes. sprint, shoot, sprint, shoot. It it feels so good. It's it's a fun change. It's and the tactical visor can target rip tire and immortality field. <sighs> so some big, big changes. changes. Yeah, some big changes yeah. there. Arisa, a movement speed penalty while firing reduced from 50% to 30%. So you're a little bit faster. Feels as, nicer. When you're going yep. back uh, to spawn to change to a real tank. <laughs> Got him. Got him. Uh, so, yeah, so lots of really good stuff here. Um, we'll definitely keep our eyes on it for you. But let's talk about Overwatch League last week. Uh, lots. Lots. Week two. We're, we, we're two weeks into season two of Overwatch League. I had a blast. I went to the San Francisco watch party uh, for the Shock uh, Vancouver Titans game. And despite being on the wrong side of that, it was really cool. It was a lot of fun. It was my favorite part about Overwatch League is like seeing parents with their kids going to, mm-hmm. you know, just, oh man, I just love having young fans. And I was like, man, I, I would have been that kid if esports was really a thing where I was from and, and doing like, dad, let's, let's go, let's go do this. So loved it. Kudos to the San Francisco Shock <laughs> team. Let's let's be honest. Like what is happening right now is like a dad just dragging. Yeah, we have a team in this city. Dad, I just want to play Fortnite. Is Ninja there? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. 
Yes, yes, yeah, I teach yeah. it. Everyone knows Fortnite in that regard. Everyone asks me if I play Fortnite. Mm-hmm. And when I say Overwatch, it's like, oh, oh yeah, that old I, dead I game? I heard about that once. Yeah. It's like on Xbox or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, what I get a lot when I bring up Overwatch. They're like, oh, yeah, I play that on PlayStation. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you're a pleb. <laughs> No, you're not PlayStation people. Leave a five-star review. All right. <laughs> so let's let's talk about uh, some of the big the big results last week. I'm just highlighting a few here because uh, we're lazy and not very comprehensive on this podcast. Uh, Washington Justice takes two maps off of London, confirming my replacement from number one to number nineteen in my power rankings. They did yep. bounce back, though. I will say. They, no, they did have a, a good performance in that game. I know in their second match of the week, they had profit playing Zarya when yeah. they played justice was profit playing Zarya yet for the first two. Or I think for the first map, he was not. I think they had bird ring okay. in and then they subbed him out and started to play guard on Brig. And I think it was starting on Nimbani. They started to look better. And from okay. that point. We've seen a whole new Spitfire, um, and things look really good for them. They've they they've seemed to finally catch their stride and tanked really hard in power rankings, and now they're quickly rising the ranks again. I I would not sleep on London this week. Yeah, they're in a weird position personnel wise because Profit is by a mile the best Zarya and the best Brig on their team. (laughs) So where do they play him? Um, It turns out that Birdering just shouldn't play, um, and that. Guard, who previously played a lot of Zarya, um, he was obviously originally a Sombra one trick, but when the meta changed, he played plenty of Zarya. Uh, but it turns out that they're just not really happy with his, his Zarya performance. They think he's better on Brig. Let Profit play the carry character. Can't really argue with that, despite no. him being probably the best Brig last season. Um, Brig was much more impactful than before the bash changes. Now that you you know you can't just play aggressive and get good timing on your bashes and carry. They want him on the carry here. They put him on Zarya. I think it's a good decision. I think you'll continue to see them improve. I will also say Bertrand's performance is honestly that was once again so bad that I I would as Spitfire consider just buying two Razor Nagas and just having Profit dual wield them. Like, you know, having that this movement abilities on, on the multiple on the keys and just thing. going for both. And uh, Burgering just trilling his thumbs, tending to his wrist or whatever. <laughs> they, they this is why we can't get like... players as guests, because Yiska has alienated them all. Just offended yeah. them all. <laughs> so, next week we were going to have Birdring as a surprise. Not anymore. Uh, just kidding. But you're... So well, I mean, he'll have plenty of free time now that he's not playing. But dumb. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> oh god well anyways london did bounce back against the spark winning three to one that was, yes that was pretty they look good there so uh do you think that that match was just uh london underperforming or are justice uh are justice maybe a little no. bit okay <laughs> No. Okay, all right. no. I think, well, see, the thing is, the thing is, if we want to talk about both of those matches together, you have to look at the fact that, of course, at first London was playing Bird Ring and we've, mm-hmm. you know, beat that dead horse. But also the win, I'm not sure how much like what the quality of the win over Hangzhou 
is yes, as a yes. data point because they also look very inconsistent and very swingy. So I'm not sure how, like how much we know from them beating Hangzhou. It, it, the league, like we were hoping after week two that things would clarify and stratify a little bit more, but really that hasn't happened all that much. It still mm-hmm. feels like it's just a, a scrum. Like ev- almost everyone feels like they're in the mix right now. I mean, obviously not justice, but most most of the teams. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also now a lot of uh, people come off their suspensions. Yeah. And, yes, a ton you know, of people. So we will. We'll, even some of them are getting of age. So th- this is this is not going to be any easier no. soon, right? And then yeah, also. Yeah. The leap, it's not just, okay, that there are lots of ups and downs in some of these team performances. It also seems to be me that there are definitely some teams that have a heavy trajectory towards understanding goats that we naturally haven't seen over the season one. So for, for basically, when, when Ian and I were doing the percentage uh, betting thing, right, we would mm-hmm. always have the, like, the first two play weeks, and that was, of course, for four match matches which was more data but um these two first two weeks would you would have to lower your prior and almost reset it for all those teams soft resetted because the new meta would come in and then after two weeks you had a pretty good day beat them and whatever and by the eye test here they fit here in this meta now with these compositions this is not happening right now like there's no even if like we are now, you know, four games for some of these teams in. I'm not sure if, like, NYXL had a homogenous performance uh, through all of these games. They def- definitely didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, Vancouver is probably the most consistent team that I've seen, and then Washington on the other end of the spectrum. But like, uh, it's it's super hard in that regard, and it's it's. I don't think we will have much more of an idea even after next week. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you. There's, I mean, a lot, a lot's changing, a lot of shifting. Um, we're, we're even for all of us who are watching all the games are trying to kind of like find. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to be like, oh, you know, hey, London almost lost to Washington, number nineteen. Kick tripods, a god analyst. It's never going to be said, never going to be said, but it, it, you have to look at beyond of just like, why are they losing? What else is going on? There's um, even, even just how are teams adapting to the meta and how are teams preparing for other teams? Who knows how much time London spent preparing for Washington justice when they're, you know, playing Hangzhou later, who isn't a phenomenal team right now, but they're mm-hmm. better than Washington. Yeah, so, sure. Sure. I hope that's not a stretch for me to say that um, no no not at all no no and it's it's it is an issue of like where are the teams putting their prep um for sure and you can talk about for example philly this week um you know you would assume with how florida has been performing versus how fuel was performing plus kind of the banter that was going on uh yep. between philly and fuel uh check out the most you know the episode of tactical crouch prior to this if you want uh you know an update on on you know some of that uh you would expect that they had put a decent amount of prep into the fuel 
set versus the Florida set. Now they ended up losing both, but how indicative is that consider of the Florida loss, particularly considering that you don't expect that they put a lot of prep in and they didn't have boombox. Yep. Um, and while I don't think boombox is a superstar Zen, and I also don't think that elk is a bad Zen either. Uh, goats is just all about synergy and team cohesion and knowing what your teammates are going to do just because you've done everything a million times already. So even swapping someone out that's comp, skill wise can still just throw everything off um so yeah it's really hard to tell where philly is going to look like they are able to get boombox back for this week i i hope uh young isaac is feeling better because we all want to see philly at full strength yes 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 yeah well it's also just really briefly on on london it's also the case that historically london has been terrible in trap weeks like if you remember back to Mm -hmm. season one Every time they played NYXL, the very same week they played Outlaws, and somehow they never had the resource allocation right where they could be, like feasibly beat Outlaws in, in that second set of the week. And I think they lost three out of the four yeah. regular season matches because they were playing, or not because, I don't want to take it away from Outlaws, but it was a, a, an observable pattern that in the week that they had in NYXL, they did look underprepared against Outlaws. And that's that's particularly bad, considering all you have to do is make it to game five and Outlaws will throw. So <laughs> you, you don't have to win in the yes. first four. Got him. Yeah. I love it. So I think another thing that's been really difficult this year so far is that there's no, like... The hierarchy is really tough because teams are beating other teams who then get beat by the teams of previous. And, for example, uh, the Charge swept Dallas, narrowly lose to Vancouver, but they, like, I mean, what, what are they, where are they at in the, in the standings here? They started playing Kibmore, so they're doing yeah. way better. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my take. I, I mean, I'm a little biased, but that's my take on it. They weren't playing Kib. They started, they started playing, playing Kib. All Kib. of a sudden, they're sweeping the fuel. They're you, you know taking it to Vancouver, who right now is is looking like arguably the best team. Um, so you know you wouldn't expect that, and that's they don't even have Nero available yet. Um, and I will say that Shu is still vastly underappreciated. Oh, yeah. That kid is nuts. I, he is I've, up there with Jonak and Violet, yeah, and people yeah. should be talking about him more as one of the best flex supports in the league. This kid is crazy. We came into this hearing good things. I've seen good things. I'm very impressed with his play on multiple different heroes. His Ana against Chengdu looked very, very good. His Zen throughout all of their games has been very good. Uh, yeah, I want to see this kid stage two when we get all these crazy changes and what, what else he might pull out. I, I will also say this team is like a prime example, much like, for instance, the shock, uh, shock situation with Nevix and Shoyobin, right? They have like two very good players on the same position. I think the same is true for the charge. Like, mm. like Wong J. Lee is not of, uh, has not had his, his birthday yet, so I don't think he can play at the moment. But I also don't think he has much chance to play, even though being one of the more prom- promising talents coming up into uh, the Overwatch League this season. So I could maybe see, like, if if you're 
a caliber player like Wonje Lee that you maybe want to have a transfer here and there. By the way, also true for Nevix. Like, I, yeah. I seriously think, like, so for instance, okay, Outlaws are not in a position to hire someone like Nevix at the moment because of the, the stuff with Infinite and also having two off tanks already. But, he, like, he it just solves all of these issues that outlaws has just sell both of the other guys he's a better diva he's a better zarya and he's a better dps than any of the, those guys which seems to be very important for uh off tanks at the moment so like i i'm i'd be shocked if uh no pun intended hey if, got him <laughs> if um if nobody approached uh san francisco shock for nevix this season and then you also have to decide honestly if i'm shocked I'm not giving it to one of the teams I expect to see mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Yep. Like, that's not what I'm going to do. Yeah, or Troy. I mean, you can make the offer for Troy as well. He's also a very good Diva, very good Zarya, very good DPS. Um, if Baptiste does end up just replacing uh, someone in Goatstow, Nevix has also played Flex support. Super good, yeah. Uh, he's a great, he, he has a history on Anna as well. So, yeah, I think Nevix is a really good, really, really undervalued player. But just real quick, one last thing about Shu. Um, I am a big, big fan of Happy. I think Happy is an absolutely insane player, has an argument for being the best Widowmaker in the world. Um, mm-hmm. Just disgusting player, right? And talking to Kib all, you know, before the season started and into the season, Happy is, to him, not the most uh, impressive player on their team. The player that he, and that's no shade on Happy at all, obviously, great player, but the player that he's constantly saying everyone needs to watch and everyone is not appreciating is Shu. He thinks Shu is just a, a god gamer, and I, I tend to agree. Interesting. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the, the big story from last week, though. This is the big one. This is the one that we have oh, waited no, I... over a year for. It's the Shanghai Dragons getting their first <sighs> Overwatch League win. One in, 40, one in 42? Uh, I, I think believe. so, yeah. I think that's uh, right. Yeah, because they've lost their one in two now, right? Yeah. So they yeah. go one and forty-two, and it comes at the hands of guess guess who, Joe? Uh, who is the Boston Uprising for five hundred, Alex? Uh, that that was a ding. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like, points for me. Yeah, you get you get a point. <laughs> the Boston Uprising. You can't wait to see that one get spun um but yeah so boston uprising are uh starting off a little bit slow but more importantly shanghai getting their first overwatch league win against boston looking great i mean uh, dream what was your big takeaway from uh shanghai this week is it a team that's looking more confident going to be uh playing or was this boston drastically underperforming what what happened for you in this match um that we finally witnessed history Sure, sure. So there's two narratives here. What's going on with Boston and what's going on with Shanghai. I'll start with the negatives that are happening for Boston so we can end on the positive note of what's going well for the Dragons. Um, With Boston, they didn't get to play Fusions um, because of this issue with rules where if you were playing as a two-way player in the most recent season of Contenders, you have limited eligibility in this stage of of Overwatch League. Um, I'm not sure what the remedy to that is if there's going to be some change in the rules if fusions needs a new contract i don't know what they have to do to solve it but clearly boston needs to solve it and get fusions back in the starting lineup um 
in Goat's Meta, having a very, very experienced, very vocal, very confident uh, Reinhardt player that can lead the team and, yeah. and kind of dictate the pace of the fight is just so important. And Boston not having that um, clearly hurt their cohesion, clearly hurt their ability to perform, even with Color Hex uh, in the lineup, who's obviously they've been waiting to, to be able to, to come available. So until they're able to... Uh, remedy that situation and get fusions back in the starting lineup i think they're gonna continue to struggle very heavily if they are able to get that resolved i think you can look for them to to continue to be a middle of the pack team fighting for um that the playoff berth potentially as you know an upper upper end result there um as far as the dragons though i think the the kind of reverse has happened for them where they gained a new main tank that they can kind of play around and have their um, their central figure be in Gamsu. Uh, Gamsu, obviously, very experienced as uh, an esports pro in general, very experienced in Overwatch, kind of ready to slot into the team, um, has been performing well with the Dragons. Getting Young Jin back on his comfort break pick is, is also very good. Um, so the Dragons definitely looking up. This isn't just because... Boston had a hard time. This is also the Dragons improving um, and becoming a team that even like it's this isn't going to be their only win of the season. Right. This is not just uh, they only won because Boston was struggling. They have their own strengths. They are performing well and we can look for them to to take maps and sets off of, uh, you know, other teams, maybe not the very best teams in the league, but they're certainly going to continue to be competitive going forward. And, you know, you love to see it as much as they were you know, a little bit of a meme last season. And, you know, that that was kind of their appeal was the fact that they lost all the time. Um, it, it's good to know that they will they will be competitive this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, and it's it's a little bit uh, poetry in motion, right? Where, you know, you mm-hmm. lose your tank, you, you send them over to Shanghai, comes back, beats you for the first time of the season or first time in the team's history. I mean, that's... Uh, it's beautiful. They're gonna write that. They're gonna write a book about that someday. If we still have an I, Overwatch League, I do want to also give a nod to the young hitscan specialist Dia being the only player remaining on the Shanghai Dragons from the original starting roster, yep. who now has a win under the W column. So congratulations to him. Obviously, everybody else on the Shanghai Dragons, you know. Clap was all around, but Dia, you know, uh, you broken the curse. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe you go to Chengdu now. You know, yeah. maybe, maybe you go uh, hang out with them. Just saying. Yeah. Ding has an Overwatch League win. Let's go. There you go. There <laughs> it goes. A uh, couple more. So the Barris Eternal narrow, narrowly defeat the LA Gladiators, but have kind of solidified themselves as kind of in that top uh, top four. Like mm-hmm. we we kind of all looked at at after week one and kind of went, yeah. And, and we expected them to do really well in the goats meta, right? We're like, this is a team that, you know, lives and breathes a lot of goats. We're hearing great things about them in scrims about how well they're doing in goats and the scrim bucks stock exchange is high on that. So, uh, you know, they, they continue to do well. They narrowly defeated the LA gladiators who, you know, the gladiators, they've had a tough few weeks they played the Dynasty first, they played the Shock second, and then they uh, played the Paris Eternal third. It's still going better anyway. Like, yeah. the next match is also nuts. They might ha- just have the, the hardest stage anyone is going to have in the Overwatch Leagues this season. It's actually insane. I don't know. 
Justice has got a pretty tough one too. Shock has, I mean, when but you're, I think Shock has a tough the, one as well. When you're the Justice, they're all tough. To well, to be fair, they have rough. had early early onset London, so yeah. it's like that <laughs> that isn't that much of a of a challenge, I suppose. I think with Gladiators, I wonder how much of stage one or how not how serious because I don't I, I don't want sandbagging memes to be brought up from this, but I I do wonder how impactful the losses are on them because they know you know that it's a difficult strength of schedule that's something that we now can talk about within the overwatch like it's not just the same weeks or the same matches stage by stage just like moved you know within the days it is just like a new schedule every stage um you know they don't have decay decay comes in uh tomorrow i think is his birthday um either so today again, or tomorrow he will be available this week yeah yeah we'll see it's a big change you know what i mean like they, how much play are you playing with him versus you know some of the other players that you have on your roster how much how much time are you investing in that this stage versus the next stage where you actually you see him kind of fully come online you know how how serious are they taking stage one how, how much of an impact is there i don't know i i, I would kind of uh, be willing to say that they're taking it a little bit easy and you know it is a strong strength of schedule you know maybe we just take learning experiences from it and and uh put them shields up for stage two so we'll see kind of interesting yeah and yeah. last but not least uh titans defeat charge and san francisco this week so uh, Titans, I mean, we've said it a couple times now, probably looking to be a, a, a top, if not the top contenders in Overwatch League, maybe up there with NYXL, who's also looked shaky at a couple different points, but mm-hmm. Titans have looked very, like very consistent, I would yes. say, um, in, in their play overall, whereas you're even noticing some of those other teams in the top four or five seem to be bouncing up and down a little bit, maybe in their level of play. I don't mm-hmm. know how else to to kind of explain it, but they just seem to be playing right there, playing strong games and, and winning. So uh, GG yeah. to Harsha. He got that yeah. tactical crouch bump, bump. Whenever a coach comes on the show, uh, they beat the shock. Well, man, I guess there you we'll go. Have Montreal. Sc- oh, we'll have to start screaming shock and letting them know what's up. Um, <laughs> no, what's what's interesting to me is we do kind of see at the top of the league right now. We've got NYXL, we've got Titans, we've yeah. got Eternal, um, and and to me, all of these teams are they're they're not winning all their sets cleanly, but they're consistently pulling it out when they need to. And and to me, this is indicative of the fact that you're only going to blow a team out on goats v goats if they just don't know what they're doing. Um, because just the way the ult economy works, everyone's kind of in the game as long as they're um, they're they're semi competent. But the thing that allows them to be so consistent at the top is how good they are at setting up their ults um, and how good they are at forcing those cooldowns out and those resources out of their enemies before they used an ult combo um, to get those consistent setups. And then if they don't have a, a long time to get the setup, how good they are on the fly at getting value out of just like Diva bomb, beat aggro, run into them and get two kills as the bomb goes off, right? So they're they're always on the same page either with forcing those resources out so they can get a good combo or by focusing targets in those very small windows of time. Um, and that's what allows them, all of those teams, to be consistently winning in those clutch 
scenarios. Um, and I think we're going to continue to see that be the difference maker uh, throughout the, the rest of the stage. And as long as Goats is meta and, you know, when this new patch hits, uh, I don't think it'll hit for stage playoffs. I'm assuming that they'll hold it not. until stage two. Um, but I, I think that'll be a huge shakeup. Uh, but for this stage, I think we'll continue to see the teams that are able to set up those ultimates consistently keep winning and i think that 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 those those teams that we've named right the titans um nyxl and eternal are the ones that are doing that and we're going to continue continue to see that um and nyxl in particular is insane at punishing you when you overextend um and we saw jake get really frustrated at that uh, i'm gonna be honest if i was jake in that scenario i would have been really frustrated if you go back and look it feels like every time he tries to play a wide angle with brig every time he tries to get in the zarya's face and and force out a self bubble he just gets discorded and killed man he was just dying first in so many fights uh because he was trying to play that aggressive wide angle uh to match the zarya right where usually you have your zarya play wide or your diva play wide and your brig play closer um so she has less ground she has to cover to get a stun but they wanted him to to take get in the zarya's face and nyxl was like well we're just gonna kill you bro um and they're they're so good at punishing any any tiny little step too far forward and you're gonna continue to see uh them them prey on the weaker teams that are a little less disciplined so i want to i want to highlight a couple of matches coming up this next week that i think are really good and i only added two so if you guys have another one or two that you want to you want to take a look at and add let me know but the first one I wanted to highlight was the Paris Eternal versus the Atlanta Reign. We just talked about the top three teams in Overwatch League. NYXL, uh, Paris Eternal, Vancouver Titans. Not necessarily in that order, by the way. No particular order. Right on the outside looking in is the Atlanta Reign. They've got a plus five mm. map, inter map differential. They've beaten... Uh, let's see. Let me just make sure I get the... Right. So they... Okay. They, they, they sweep the Mayhem. Narrowly lose to Philly. And then they uh, come back this year with a or this week with a three-one over the Toronto Defiant. And is that that's yeah? So that's that's it, right? So they they're they're kind of at that point right now where they haven't really necessarily been tested in the way uh, that that a team that is a top four team or five or six team really needs to be tested. So this week they're going to be going up against Paris Eternal. And uh, that's, I think that's going to be a good one. Uh, what, do, what do you think, Dream? Is, is the Atlanta Reign a team that is that, that could be considered a, a top team in Overwatch League? Or do you think that they've maybe just had a, a nice ease into an Overwatch League schedule with some, you know, uh, series against opponents that aren't all considered the top tier and the one that was, they lost? Sure, sure. So I think they're, I would, because they don't have that super good consistency on converting on ults, um, which I think is the, the way to consistently beat teams in, in GOATS meta, right? Um, I wouldn't want to put them up in that very top tier, but potentially I, I think they're in the argument for the top of the next tier. They, they are, they play a little loose with their ultimates, with their abilities. They just kind of look for opportunities and say, Hey, go for it. Make the big play. We're confident in our mechanics. We're confident in our individual skill. So let's just put ourselves in situations to take advantage of that. So I think they'll have a hard time 
um, consistently beating the best teams. I think they even, because of their style, might go for risky plays and drop maps or sets to teams a little bit below them. But they do have that variance. So if they're just in the zone popping off, I think they can beat anyone. Um, I just don't think they're going to have the consistency to beat them every time. So what's interesting about Atlanta is you're never certain exactly what level of play they're going to come out with. If they're going to come out just surprising people in a positive way or underperforming because they they aren't getting those consistent conversions. So I think they're going to be a very exciting team to watch. They're kind of must see right now. Um, And I think yeah, I think they have the potential to upset any team in in Overwatch League for sure. So I, I think I would put them, yeah, fighting for the top of that second tier. So somewhere around fourth to sixth um, in the Overwatch League, I would I would feel very comfortable putting them there. And when it comes to Paris, you know, we still haven't seen like one hundred percent Paris. Yeah, I think all of their matches have been fairly shaky. You know, their match against Gladiators, they basically won that game without having Graviton Surge available. I, I, I was not a fan of the way that Soon used his ult. I think that's, you know, uh, very, very uh, known to the public. I think anybody with eyes probably could see that they weren't uh, finding as much value as you'd like such a big team fight alt to, to, to kind of get. Um, and even that with London, they didn't look, you know, it was week one, little little nervous. They won, which is good. But again, probably not peak potential for Paris. So there is a chance that Atlanta, you know, comes in confident as all hell. Defran looking for solo grabs. I think Atlanta very keen on, you know, punishing positional mistakes. Paris is very aggressive. Sometimes they can go scrimmy, you know, look at their match. Uh, look at, look at well for London, Paris. Look at, look at that map on Ilios. It, it did kind of get a little scrimmy towards the end of it. Does Atlanta come out with a win? I, th- I think it's more likely than you'd think. I think, you know, to Dream's point, Atlanta is that the top tier of the next division lower. And I think Paris is that can can move down, but they have the potential to be easily one of the best three teams in the league. I just want to see them get there. Yeah. Is is Paris going to be the GOAT's gatekeeper and say, if you're not tight and very, very coordinated on GOATs, you're just going to lose to us? Or is Atlanta's like, we're going to put Defran mm-hmm. on high ground and have him try and hard carry us style? Like, it, it will be a very interesting clash of styles. And I think it is going to tell us a lot about how those styles are going to work moving yes. forward. Because there are a couple other teams that are very heavy on the carry high ground Zarya style. I think maybe Gladiators with the K back would benefit from playing that way. Mm-hmm. Shock, Shock already plays very much that way. Um, so it, it will be the, the first time, in my opinion, that we see a really strong clash that way um, depending on how much Sinatra plays we saw a little bit of that in Titans versus Shock but Sinatra coming in and out um, kind of made it to where I didn't feel like we got the the clash of the Titans haha, that I was that I was hoping for with those two play styles um, so hopefully this set will be that so and and last 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 point with Atlanta they're 
the way that they use their roster is still kind of weird to me. You know, you you don't see Docco play all the time. You see Urster coming in on maps where you'd think Drifle DPS would be played, and they play Goats instead. Yeah, so they're already Diva. trying. Yeah, they're already trying to meta game you into like rolling out with a weird comp and having to play on the back foot, which is cool, which is good for them because they are such an upset team. If they come in, like I said, confident, they're punishing positional mistakes and they're throwing these weird curveball-y like Torb comps and even they're playing with the roster trying to metagame you. It is going to be a stylistic matchup. It, you know what's better—the EU style or the Owl style? Like this is this this is actually a, a huge game to kind of set the pace for at least stage one. We'll see what stage two looks like in terms of meta, but um, yeah, very interesting. We'll we'll see exactly who uh, what what style is the best. And real quick, as far as that Daco rotation with Erster, I think it's interesting because I don't think they're actually trying to mind game people with triple DPS. I think Daco's Diva play is very flowcharty and very much about set plays and knowing where he has to look and what he has to do. And that's why they put Erster into play on control because Daco's play style is not as good for control maps. So that is okay. I that is my take on why that's happening. I don't think that they're expecting people to be mind-gamed by this at this point. Everyone knows that he's yeah. not actually going to play a third DPS. He is just going to play D.Va on control. So I think it has much more to do with Daco's play style being a lot less flexible um than Erster. So that that's my opinion. So we'll see if that continues. Hmm. Let's talk about this other one. NYXL versus Soul Dynasty Sunday at 4:30 p.m. Pacific time. Obviously NYXL undefeated so far. Uh we're we're pretty used to saying that. But uh Soul <laughs> Dynasty have had some pretty high expectations for them in season 2. They came in on week 1, defeated the Gladiators 3 to 1 before losing to the Dallas Fuel 1 to 3, creating that little love triangle there and then sweep Chengdu four to zero. They're coming in. They're going to be playing Boston on Thursday. Uh, who I'm sure they've got some motivation to pull out a, 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 a win against a team that will alleviate them from the meme of being the first loss to Shanghai. At least I would be, I would not want to be coming off of a loss to Shanghai and then go losing to another team. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the week, last match of the week, they go up against NYXL. Soul Dynasty right now, they're they're kind of they're to me they feel like I feel like they're teetering at this point. This might be a re- this could be a really important match as to fa- as far as if they fall in that top eight, top six, or if they fall down into like a ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth place team. If they if they can't pull off wins against uh, Dallas Fuel. They can't pull off wins against um, NYXL and and in some of these other teams that are kind of jockeying for those playoff, and they can't put up good fights. This is going to be where we start to see Seoul go the the route that they did last year, right? Started off strong, looked okay, and then kind of starts to to fall apart at the seams. Yes, guy, I want to hear from you. What are you looking for in this match? Are you? I mean, are you? Do you think that Seoul can reasonably challenge NYXL? and maybe push themselves up into a team that, I, I, I don't know, like top six? No. No. All right. <laughs> no, but, like, I think generally Seoul hasn't shown me that they will be in a, you know, equivalently uh, similar position than as they were last season, which is outside of playoffs. Um, let, let's only talk about for the stage. But... Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting situation there. I'm I'm still 
wondering about their roster decisions, but then again, it's it's this is not necessarily as much of an individual list meta. Um, it, it is interesting that the that that the contenders players are playing more, I guess. Uh, right now for for soul in that regard which makes absolute sense to me i think that's a, an observation we can generally make uh, over all teams that contenders players have an edge uh in starting over their counterparts simply because they didn't have that long off season they they aren't rusty as hell so um i, I that in itself that boon will probably vanish at some point um uh, that advantage and then i wonder how that's going to look for soul as well even though they don't have an exorbitant amount of uh, contenders players but yeah generally i i would be very surprised so let's say percentages 75 percent uh, in one excel mm. yeah yeah i i think that there's an argument that souls um anagote style where they they don't run the zenyatta um it could potentially have some merit particularly into these sombra heavy teams where they skip the diva um potentially i don't personally think it's worth worth doing there um but they they don't just play it into sombra they also play it in lots of other areas um and i think that's really bad i think that that is not a good comp i think that is not a good style and that will not work against a very disciplined nyxl team um there's a potential that, you know, Ryu Jehong becomes relevant again when Baptiste comes out, when Anna came out. Um, obviously, that completely changed his career. He went from being a Zarya player to an Anna player, was the best Anna in the world for a time. Mm -hmm. Obviously, a superstar player. Maybe giving him a highly interactive, mechanical flex support to play will bring him back into the fold. But bench him, dude. Bench him. Bench him I, and get Aska. I want yeah. Aska on Baptiste, I'm, boy. <laughs> I, I'm... I'm I'm not thinking. Uh, I'm not thinking that Jay Hong needs to be the future that they're hanging their hat on. I, no. I and no, I, I think that uh, I think that unless this Baptiste hero comes in and is a is an anchor point for him, something that can revitalize, which is totally possible, right? But unless that happens, I'm I'm not starting him in stage two. I wouldn't be starting him now. It's 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 honestly sad that a team, the only Korean franchise doesn't get these shoes of the league or these violets right isn't that a hey, problem hey, in itself genji has glister bro genji just yeah, signed sure. glister he can't play this season can't even play next season but this kid is nuts <laughs> nuts yeah. so yeah in a couple years they'll have they'll have the superstar <laughs> player bro you know that's it yeah no that's uh that entire situation with soul is rather upsetting honestly you know there's this threshold of lack of skill of goats where you're so bad at goats comparative to the other the rest of the competition that you then can say okay we can't beat the majority of the league uh, at goats let's try our own spin at a composition mm -hmm. right one one such team that has seen some success with it is Chengdu, for instance right so i think Seoul is easily a, a below that threshold where they should yeah. probably mess around with that. And in their current situation, I think they're trying to. Anna Goats. Yeah. And that uh, they would have to luck out a lot in order to that for that to be a 
thing that develops further into the future depending on what the next meta will be because the current players that they're playing it's it's not an investment into the future that's mm-hmm. it's just problematic from the ground up and for all the soul fans out there that want to like drudge up the the, the chengdu win is like well nobody's 4-0 chengdu and you know they, they looked really good i think that was just a stylistic mismatch for chengdu when a team wants to run 86 percent ball or, or hammond whatever you want to call him into a team that is willingly running Ana exclusively over Zen, you're you're gonna see some some wonky plays there, and it's gonna be difficult for for Aman to really land as much value as he is on other teams. Right, it is two teams that you kind of have to like prep for a little bit differently. I think Chungdu you have to prep for a lot more strictly than Seoul because Seoul style is trying to run normal goats with Ana instead of Zen, and it just doesn't seem like it's working so i think they have to be a little bit more bold with how they're using their resources and and really kind of f- make a style and not just try to copy zen but put it on honest kit like it, i don't think it works that way i don't think you can yeah. just plug and play with that so, yeah. by quick, the way correction yeah. glister actually turned 17 a month ago um he? so he will be eligible next year so so making moves yeah, How did I think he was only just turned 16? Was were we talking about how he was 15 and playing contenders? Hmm. He's yes. a year yeah, ago. He, yeah, yeah, his his birthday was January 26th, so he just turned, just turned 17. 17. So. Yeah. Okay. So he'll be available like mid stage one <laughs> next season yeah. if you know. They keep it with the same, the same yeah. Then again, I would argue Soul's problem still isn't the DPS. So it's no, definitely not. I, I think the whole way, and I, I don't remember. Is. There, I don't exactly remember where I heard this. I think it was like a uh, an interview with one of the players, like after the show, like the all access stuff. Um, it seems like they're just letting Fisher call, and they're just like leaving Jexay to be like an, an all tracker or something and, and and that was the big selling point with this yeah. team and i could be wrong on that i don't remember if that's necessarily entirely too accurate chat you can correct me if i'm wrong um but i'm fairly sure they're just all landing on fisher and, and letting him be that uh, next rotation point for like uh interesting how the roster is built or, or will function if if it doesn't turn around this season you blow it up in the off season you build around glister yep. that's the play 100 yep. percent. yes So speaking of teams in decline, uh, we all expected the LA Valiant to, you know, uh, drop a little bit. They're 0-3. And, uh, you know, despite uh, Volmel being bullish and putting them in his top three earlier. Yep. He was all about it. Said, you know what? LA Valiant. I think I was the least. You (laughs) put them at 11. I'm pretty sure. Yes, I put them at 11 for these exact reasons. Now, to be fair, I didn't know Kuki was going to play support. If I knew that he was playing support, I would have bumped them lower. Honestly, like you, I, I don't, I'm not big on roster rotations. I don't think teams are gelled enough with their bench to just sub people in and out, put custom on control, put custom, on, you know, put cookie in for these maps. Like, I don't know that teams are all that ready for such an important role. Again, who's doing the calling there. Some people say it's the Rhine. Some, you know, could be the Lucio for some teams. London calls from their Zen. You know, it, it is not a set position. You can do it from multiple places. And if Kuki and Custa are these, you know, very vocal players, moving them out 
change and having them being interchangeable doesn't seem like a great idea. That's two different styles of calling. I would imagine two very different people, um, two different like ways to play the game with two different interpretations of what the coaches are saying to them. You know, how much do they remember? How much are they retaining? You know, what, what weight do they put on, in a, on the importance of what the coach is saying versus this team? There's so much that goes into that, that I like, and then with Kareev, what are we what are we doing with him? Even if we go into stage two and there's this weird meta, what's his role? This team doesn't have any kind of direction. It feels like my my big uh, my big concern about Valiant basically is that uh, the the justification that was given for why Cookie played. I don't oh, know if yeah. you guys saw the video that Valiant put out where Coach Moon was talking about the fact that. When they were playing with Custa, Custa just understood goats better than everyone else on the team. So that meant that they should bench Custa because the players didn't understand what he was asking them to do or or some such uh, justification. That makes literally no sense. Um, <laughs> so that that sounds like there is something very confusing going on. Um, in yeah. in reality, I think, in my opinion, Custa's strength is in comms and having a very big brain for Overwatch. And we saw last season that he's not necessarily super good on the mechanic side of things. And Lucio in this meta is actually required to be very mechanically proficient um, to be making all these crazy wall ride routes, going for high impact boops, having really good timing with those things. And that is not Custa's wheelhouse. So you think like, okay, so we're not we're not going to put Custa in, but then why do you have someone off role who also isn't mechanically proficient? And you know, it's just very confusing what's going on there. Um, I'm pretty sure they play Titans this week, so they're going to be taking that fourth L, yeah. um, which means they are definitely not making stage playoffs. And Guangzhou this next week. And yeah, so they're they're not That's they are not team. making they are not making stage playoffs. So what they need to do with this stage is try and get as many wins as they can against other teams because it's still going to matter for for playoffs at the end of the season when all is said and done. But also just work on figuring out who your six is going to be, get some mm-hmm. team cohesion, and get that valiant coaching momentum that we saw from last season where they built a good system and they made a lot of of uh, of good moves and they got a lot of value out of role players. Um, and that's what that's what we need to see. We need to just get something positive on the board because playoffs is out of the picture. A, a team that kind of is analogous in a way um, is Runaway, like early Runaway. So think of like Runner esque Runaway. So you have this this main support that is this big brain has the shot calling potential that that gels the team together which could be Custa, maybe isn't super mechanically impressive, but, you know, has a lot of intangibles, apparently, that make the team more than the sum of its parts, right? I don't see how that plays into the next meta, or even with this meta. It's like, okay, if we have this deficiency here, where where else are we making up for it? Do we have the star player in Hoxall? Agilities really has never... You know, he has these high peaks, but just isn't consistent enough. Um, I, I honestly think they should be making moves in the midseason and, and looking for for a flex player that is very um, highly touted that uh, 
will be able to be that that glue guy that can either make up for Custa's deficiencies or look for maybe a uh, a Korean main support that can you know something yeah. like closure you know. I would say like this whole ordeal with like he understands uh, goats more, therefore don't play him. That sounds to me like so someone just going like, oh yeah, that that does look like a bacterial infection. Here, take this this antibiotics pill. Uh, pelling, uh, swallowing pills is very hard, so we're not going to do that. Please leave our village. So back to sacrificing this chicken. Please open your eyelid so we can drip the blood in. Like, what kind of dumb stuff are they doing that they are legitimately... I'm not sure if if they would play Washington, if they actually would win that convincingly. Mm-hmm. I don't think that would happen. Hey, why are you picking on Washington? They are 20th in the league right now. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Yiska, you know what the f*** were you just, did you just say? Like, I, Dude, I have been here mind, with 21, I 21 f- I episodes it. with you, and I have never heard such a f- awful analogy in my entire life. I, I, your, it's I, your I, worst I did discharge it because initially the blood was going to be dropped somewhere else. Yeah, you know, at least he has a filter, folks. At least he has a filter because behind closed doors, I know exactly what he means. Lots of other orifices <laughs> on the body. And uh, yeah, be be thankful. Be thankful. Yeah. I, I appreciate the filter, though. Great job. We're done. I like, I like it. We're going home. I'm going to call it. <laughs> that's, that's the show, it. actually? That's actually the show. We got to go. I mean, we do have to go. It, it, no, it doesn't it make is. any I, sense. Well, See, I, he, he wrote he wrote into the chat, time to wrap up. And then my mind, I was like, okay, I'll give you a reason to wrap up. <laughs> well, thanks to Yiska, we have a reason to wrap up. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us in chat. Uh, Dream, dude, we got to have you on more often. We, uh, I was, I learned more, so I, I was doing a VOD review with Dream. We were watching, who was it? It was London and Philly? It was no, it was Florida and Philly Florida because I wanted Philly. to see how Philly managed to possibly lose that, and so I could then uh, throw some shade Christopher's way, obviously because he was previously on Hurricane, a friend of mine, um, and I'm a lifelong Floridian, so I wanted to take a look at that set so I could I could talk some smack, and it worked. I threw some shade. Yeah, it was, and I so I learned a lot. I learned so freaking much listening to you. Like I don't understand goats all that well, so. We sat down, did a little visor sesh, like 45 minutes. Nothing, nothing, you know, my brain can only go for that long, which is why we only do hour and 15 minute podcast episodes. And uh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. So make sure. So, I mean, you've, you're, you're obviously, you're busy now. You're full-time head coach for Montreal Rebellion. Still get, still getting the name to roll off the tongue here a little bit. So you're, you're, you're doing that, uh, which again, huge congratulations. You have to put thank up you, with uh, Yiska in our our Discord. So that's another. I have a dog eating. Hey! Eating eating my Soldier seventy six Funko Pop. What the? We're babysitting two other dogs. Delicious. It's amazing. It's been off. <laughs> so. Anyways, sorry to do that. I just heard I heard a thing go off the shelf, and all of a sudden my Soldier Seventy Six is on the ground. I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill you, dog. Just kidding. She's sweet. All right. 
anyways, uh, it's one way to waste two minutes of a podcast. Let's, <laughs> uh, but but you're doing incredible stuff. Uh, you're on uh, Twitter at Dreamcasts OW. And correct, correct. where else? Where else can people find you? Anything else? Um, also Dreamcasts OW on Twitch. Um, I do occasionally stream VOD reviews. Probably won't do too many until the off season because I don't want to leak what my my strats are or what I think of the meta too much. Um, but yeah, mostly mostly just on Twitter. Um, and obviously, you'll be able to see um, our team play once uh, contenders get started for NA about a week from now. Um, and as well, you're going to see some content coming from us on YouTube. Uh, introduction to the, the staff and the players, house tour, all that fun stuff. Uh, but all that will be on Twitter. So check my Twitter and at uh, MTL Rebellion as well for all of our content. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming, a lot of stuff to look out for. Are you guys going to win this year? Yes. All right. Yeah. All I need Fusion Uni's in our group. It's free. Free win. <laughs> free win. I love it. Uh, Joe, what do you got coming up this week, man? Uh, I'm toying around with a new uh, column idea, um, so maybe be on the lookout for that. We'll, we'll see what comes uh, from from that idea bank. Um, but yeah, just kind of watching Owl um, and hopefully writing about it. I've got a piece I'm working on about Ameng. Um, so if you uh, are interested about the, the man, the myth, the legend, the enigma that is the human wrecking ball, uh, be on the lookout for that. I will be very disappointed if the title of that article isn't "Is That Arming." <laughs> it has to be. Well, <laughs> uh, I'll try to weave that in, but I think the title's locked in. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, <laughs> Arming. Uh, Yiska, what about you, man? Uh, only twelve articles this week. Mm, so it's a German holiday over the next of the long weekend. So I'm going to fire out a bunch of articles, but the first one will be probably an opinion piece about, you know, the recent things that happened and just like addressing some of the issues and the lessons I saw from it about transparency and whatnot. What, what German holiday is it? Uh, it's, um, carnival. So it's basically. So Western Germany goes nuts. Like my city is like very well known as well as Cologne. And it's like, basically Rio has nothing on us. It's actually ridiculous. Like we have um, like long, it's it's hard to explain. It's like everyone dresses up, gets very drunk, throws candy at children, and then also makes fun of Donald Trump. So it's just like every day here in America. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the season you, wasn't starting for me. I'd, I'd go. That sounds that like was, my kind of that party. That was not a political does commentary. It, does Florida not have a good carnival? A carnival like, or something? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 like, no. like, is it is it? Do we not have that in the states? I think I feel like Louisiana has like a very big like they celebrate carnival like quite a lot, and I, I figured Florida would as well. But I guess, I guess carnival <laughs> is basically Mardi Gras, but rather than beads around. The yeah, neck, it's just bratwurst. Sounds, sounds perfect. Maybe, yeah, maybe just throw maybe sausage links from from parade floats. I love it. I love it. Oh, oh yeah, that's a good point. Someone said, "What's the German word?" Okay, so I'm going to teach you the chant that my city says during carnival. Okay, it's very easy. It's just hello, hello. Okay, Joe, <laughs> you first. He- he- hello. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
Dream. Hello, hello. We're gonna say goodbye, goodbye now. Uh, <laughs> thanks again, Dream, for hanging out for us. Make sure to follow uh, Tactical Crouch on Twitter at tactical underscore crouch. New place, new place. No more Overwatch League daily. So, I don't know. Get over it. I guess <laughs> you guys already have anyways. So, you think we'll have like mini bags? Like little mini episodes of Tactical Crouch, or just like do like I a fifteen to. minute mini bag. So I would yeah, love, I, think, I, think I would love to just should. like three times a week, just wake up around you know around this time and and sit down and talk about the previous night's games. Yeah, I mean that'd be kind of interesting. I don't know if I don't know if three nights a week. I think it'd be like five. Whenever. Well, here here's the thing: is I need a schedule for it. If we're gonna do it, uh, we're gonna true. No. We're gonna at least do like one. On the same day. Every time. Anyways. All right. I don't know. Can we get out of here? Awkward pause to leave the show. Let's get out of here. Shut up. All right. We're out of here, You just want to keep me around forever, dude. It's true. <laughs> Dream's going to be back next week. <laughs>